And let's open our Bibles tonight to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And we're going to begin reading in verse 19, and we're going to read just through verse 21. So we'll read all these verses in unison. We'll read these together. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19. And shall we stand, please, for the reading of God's Word? Galatians chapter 4, verse 19. We'll read these together. Ready? My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. I desire to be present with you now and to change my voice, for I stand in doubt of you. Tell me, ye that desire to be under the law, do ye not hear the law? And uh, look back at verse 19. My little children, of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. And tonight we want to talk about uh, soul winning, being used of God, and uh, travailing in birth the first time, and then we must travail again as we're used of the Lord to uh, disciple and uh, help those uh, grow in the Lord that Christ would be formed in them. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we pray that you would help us that this would be a meaningful time, that you'd encourage us and uh, clear up some things for us, possibly. We pray that your Spirit would do all the work, and we pray that you'd give us a burden, a desire in the valley of vision, uh, a real compassion to win the lost. Help us. Pray that you'd give us a spirit of uh, evangelism, of uh, soul consciousness to go out into the world, the mission field, and to win souls to Thee. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you may be seated. Uh, I'm going to say some things tonight that are pretty frank to me, be open and honest. Uh, what I've been through uh, 40 years now of soul winning, and hopefully you can be encouraged and uh, we can learn some things from the text to rekindle that fire and uh, of revival to be a soul winner, to be used of God. And I can relate to um, you, uh, all of us. You know, soul winning is not easy. <laughs> it's very difficult. And it can be very uh, discouraging. And it can also be very frustrating. So we need to uh, keep going. We need to encourage one another and uh, lift each other up. And if we see somebody who's getting a little bit down, we need to be, uh, do the best we can to uh, lift them up. So there's a principle of life that anything that is alive is going to grow. Anything that is alive is going to produce. And the church is alive. We are born again by the incorruptible seed of the Word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And the Bible says that the Word of God is quick. Hebrews 4.12, that means it's alive. So if something is alive, that means it is active, growing, coming to maturity, 
reproducing itself and it will bear fruit. And if something is true in the fruit, it will have the seed within itself to produce more fruit. So if the child of God is born of the seed of the Word of God, then the seed uh, is in them. They've hidden the Word in their heart. They're born of the nature of God. And then that's going to spread. It's going to grow. And anybody who's saved does not sit back and watch what happens. I know sometimes we fall into that, but the goal is to reproduce in others, to see the fruit that remains, according to John uh, 15, you have not chosen me, but I have chosen you that you should go and bring forth much fruit, and your fruit should remain. So you also have then the imposter, which the word is confusion. God is not the author of confusion. Uh, God is true. He is holy. He is just. So the devil then brings in confusion. And when you study that word uh, confusion, it means a mingled mixture that is not pure. It's two things mixed, and it does not have the seed of reproduction within itself. This is the uh, false church, the apostate church, what we would call cults out there who name the name of Christ and call themselves Christians, but they're not. They don't have the seed to produce fruit. Uh, a good example of that is the Thompson seedless grape. You know, pretty, pretty convenient, isn't it? Uh, it's not even real. <laughs> well, it's real. Uh, you can see it, touch and taste, but it doesn't have a seed. Uh, anything God made has a seed in itself. So, you know, it's convenient. We go get the Thompson seedless, not the, the grape grapes, the purple ones that have a seed. You may break your tooth because you forgot that grapes have seeds, right? We're so used to eating seedless grapes that we, we don't even know what a seed a grape is. Same thing with the navel orange, those really juicy big oranges with the thick skin on them that they spray paint orange, uh, probably with toxins that they're not even what God made either. Uh, if God made it, it has a seed in it. And if it has a seed in it, the seed can be planted to bring forth life, and it can reproduce itself. So anything that God made that is natural can bear fruit. The farmer is looking for a good crop, is he not? The rancher is looking at a cow-calf operation to uh, have a 100% conception rate and, and uh, survival rate. Uh, I'm always praying for twins or triplets. Uh, but that's what you're looking for. The parent wants to bear children and uh, see their grandchildren born. And the Christian, uh, if you've been taught right, you understand we want to see somebody get saved. I want to see somebody get saved. I want you to go see somebody get saved. You can win somebody that probably nobody else can but it's mysterious. Isn't it not so? Some want it badly. 
very little results, and it's real sad. You go and go and go, and you try and you try and you sacrifice, seeming very little results. Other people, they don't really care. They could say Mary had a little lamb, and somebody gets born again, and their whole life changes. You could see some people have a great burden. Some people have not much of a burden, and um, all of us, um, you know, a lot, a lot of women are, are brokenhearted if they cannot have children. A lot of dads want to be, or dads-to-be would want to be a father. And we need to realize we take a lot of things for granted. Uh, reproduction is a total miracle. You think about it. The Bible says, if the corn of wheat abideth alone, except it die. And it's talking about Jesus Christ would have uh, stayed alone had not he died on the cross and been planted for three days, buried. And the Bible says in Romans 6, we have been planted in the likeness of his death. And all the Christians around the world who ever have lived or will... The people in this room tonight, this is a result that a seed was planted and Christ reproduced himself in us through faith in him and his finished work. And the seed is in you. And it says this in 1 John 3, the seed is in you and you are born of that incorruptible seed and we need a miracle. I remember what Rachel said in uh, Genesis 30, verse 1. Give me children or else I die. That's how a lot of people feel. I'd rather not live if I cannot have children. Give me children else I die. When are we going to get to that point? Let me win a soul, a spiritual uh, son in Christ. Or I don't know if I'm going to make it. You know, the reality is this, and, and this is the way it's always been. But I've said this many times. When, when I grew up, almost everybody in America went to church. Almost everybody. You had the strange people who didn't and didn't fear the Lord. And you had the occasional strange atheist. Who, didn't, who claimed not even to believe in God, but it's strange, isn't it? They take his name in vain uh, when they're cussing, and then when they really need God, they'll, they'll pray, but then they don't believe in God. But it, it, that's kind of a contradiction. Now, most people, churches, they're going to grow through what? Denominationalism. Somebody is, grew up a certain denomination, they'll move to a town, they'll go to that church because of a denomination, or they're born into it, or some type of a social connection. Maybe they live in close proximity to a certain type church, so they'll go because it's convenient. Some go because of the nice facilities. Um, and they might have a, a robed choir with the pipe organ. And, and some people go because of children. Uh, they have a playground. They, 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 very few people uh, choose their church based on, do they use the King James Bible? Do they stand true to the Word of God? Do they preach it faithfully? And 
Are they a Bible-believing church that goes out door-to-door, face-to-face, one-on-one confrontationalism and tries to win souls to Christ? Very few people. Now, what's the reality? If, if we're going to grow, it's highly improbable, mathematically, that people are just going to walk in. Now, it happens sometimes. You do get visitors, and God is sovereign and providential. But a Bible-believing church, there's only one way to do it. You have to win souls into the kingdom, and especially an old-fashioned, old-timey, independent, Bible-believing Baptist church. And I, I call it the... Uh, the stench of uh, fundamentalism, there's just something different. You, di- you can sense it. There's just something different about the environment. Even when you get out of your car, you're walking up. It's, it's not a religious institution. Uh, you, you can just sense it. Like when you used to go to People's Baptist Church uh, out at, or at Brother Roloff's, just something different. It even smelled different. It, it was just totally different and the only way that we're going to build a church bigger church is we've got to get people saved i i have to i have to travail in birth now i have a real bad memory but you know it's it's one thing for the conception to take place it's another for the travail in the birth and i know that my wife was in uh labor I can't, it was many, many, many hours. It, it uh, went, went into the next day, and it was, she was uh, really, really in pain, and what the Bible calls the pangs of uh, suffering and going through the, the jaws of death. So it's going to take suffering. It's going to be a struggle, and you have to be committed. You have to believe in it. You have to want it, and it has to be something that you endure. And Paul called it travailing. So God's told us what to do, door-to-door soul winning. God wants us to become spiritual parents and to say like he told Timothy, my own son in the faith, that we would have the joy of having spiritual children that we've been used of the Lord in some way to influence them to believe on Christ and to help them grow in grace and serve the Lord, but then to travail again that they are following God as dear children. So I'm just going to give you a few statements. This is very simple tonight. And uh, just to remind you of some things. Statement number one, salvation involves a spiritual birth. It it involves a spiritual birth. There has to be the conception of the seed of the Word of God in the good heart of man when they mix the Word with faith and they bring forth fruit that remains and glorifies God. So Jesus said, John 3, 3, ye must be born again. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born born again. We wish not how the wind blows. We don't understand it. Where did the wind go? We feel the wind. We can see the leaves on the trees blowing. We can feel the cool breeze, but the, it's spiritual 
God must do the work, and it's only by being born again. It's a spiritual birth. So it's not of good works. It's not of being religious. We know that. It's not of joining a church or getting dunked in the tank, baptized. It's not having your name on a church membership roll. It's not trying to be a good citizen or turn over a new leaf or obey the laws of the land to be a good uh, upstanding in society. Ye must be born again. So God then has given us the responsibility. How shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? And how shall they believe on him in whom they have not heard? And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So, you know, I praise the Lord that after 40 years, I'm still doing this with all the worn out shoes and all the suffering and all the knots on my hand from doing that. And if you give them a back fist like that, however, or if you want to do it like that, um, all the, all the time, I remember when we were in college, they, uh, right at the end, I think it's when we're going to graduate, uh, if I remember it right, but there was a man preached a sermon and he said, I'm going to wear out a pair of shoes, knocking doors. I'm a, he, he just had all these saying, I'm going to wear out my New Testament when I'm showing people how to be saved. I'm going to wear out the hole in my belt that I buckled to keep my pants up when I put on my soul winning outfit and I went out to try to uh, tell people how to be saved. It's a commitment. And Acts 5.42 and the Great Commission, Jesus sent them out two by two, door to door to meet people where they're at. So at your job, at the restaurant, at the grocery store, at the gas pump, wherever you're at, and go out two by two, knock on their door. And, and I like what Brother Cardenas, he said, I'm here to tell you how to be saved. That's it. Just get right to the point, you know, however you feel led to do it. So think of all the people who will not be saved if the people of God do not go. Think of all the people who will not have the faithful witness, though they will, because at the mouth of two witnesses shall every word be established. But we need to keep up the good work. We need a revival and a refreshing and a renewing and an excitement of doing this. Not because we have to. The commandments of the Lord are not grievous. We do this because we want to. If, if everybody in this room won one person, just think of that, we'd double. That's the goal. If I could just give me children or else I'm going to die. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I said it earlier, 1 Timothy 1, 2, mine own son in the faith, Paul told Timotheus. 2 Timothy 1, 2, my dearly beloved son. Titus 1, 4, my own son after the common faith. To be a spiritual father, to be used of the Lord, some plant, some water, but God giveth the increase. The parable of the sower, the seed, the sower went forth to sow, and God allowed that seed to find good ground, and it produced fruit to the glory of God that remains. 
salvation is through a spiritual birth. You know how many people, they want to go to heaven. They don't want to be born again. You talk to them all the time. They want to go to heaven, but they, most of them don't even want to go to church. They want to go to heaven, but they just want to go through some religious sacrament or ceremony, something that they can feel a little bit better about themselves. They don't want to be born again. And we need to just do what Jesus said. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, ye must be born again. Number two, nothing is ever born without travail. Nothing. Now, I realize in modern day medicine with uh, pain medications and things that births can take place with very little pain. As a matter of fact, some people are with child and don't even know it. Uh, I've talked to people in the medical, they're right at their nine month and, or the last trimester. They don't even know they're pregnant. I mean, this happens a lot. It's kind of strange, isn't it? Uh, and then somehow they have a child and because of modern medicine, but uh, they don't suffer much. But what's the reality as God intended it? We have to travail it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be pangs. And the Bible says we, uh, our mothers went through the jaws of death for us. And so the first travail is they must be born. They must be born again. You know, the old saying, you really don't appreciate what your parents did for you until you become a parent. You really don't appreciate your mother and all that she did for you uh, until you have children and all of the suffering. You know, and I, I think about it. When my little brother Brad was born, he was 11 years younger than uh, me. And uh, just he was born breech and uh, almost died and uh, was injured. And my mother was greatly uh, injured in, in the birth. And also, it just, it, it was strange. When he was born, they'd say, you can't go in that room. And, you know, we'd sneak in there to look at our little brother. Uh, and, and I remember when we'd give him a bath in, in the good old days, uh, and he would sit on this little car seat, and the big strap was a piece of plastic with one of those hooks. <laughs> now, you know, you'll go to prison if you don't have some legally certified car seat to so many pounds but we, and I remember one time he fell out of a out of a uh, what do you call it the the baby seat what do you call it the, where you feed him my brains yeah the high chair we were at a restaurant in Kennedy Texas and the whole thing just collapsed and he fell on the floor and uh, boy today that would probably been a, a lawsuit but just, just all the things that our parents did for us, you know, changing your diaper, it, you know, it's unbelievable. Feeding you when you couldn't feed yourself, bathing you when you couldn't bathe yourself. There, 24 hour on call, 24 seven, didn't get much sleep, you know, just uh, suffering, unbelievable when you think about it. And, uh, you know, all that we owe to them, and a lot of times, we, we forget, and these punko teenagers grow up and begin to talk tough to their parents, and they forget, uh, you know, we owe them a great, great gratitude. 
just, first of all, just to be born, just to enter life, and all of the travail. Now, if we're going to get somebody saved, Paul said, it's just like a physical birth, but it's going to happen spiritually, and there is going to be travail. It's not going to be easy. You, we're going to have to pay the price. Somebody's got to pray, like Brother Howells used to say, while everybody else is playing. <coughs> Excuse me. Somebody's going to have to stay up late on their knees, begging God, crying, travailing, that somebody could be born again. Somebody has to be serious while everybody else is casual. Somebody has to carry a heavy, heavy load and a heavy burden while everybody else is carefree, just frolicking around, doing as they please. And it's anguish. It is travail. It is an affliction of the soul. It is deep, deep, indescribable suffering in the deep, deep, dark night between you and God when you shut your eyes and the lights are off and you lay your head on your pillow and you think, I give me children or else I die. It's not going to be easy. But then sometimes put a track on a door, somebody's whole life changes. God works a miracle. We just need to go. We need to sow the seeds of the Word of God. So it's so important. Number three, once somebody gets saved, <laughs> we must travail again till Christ be formed in them. As we talked about earlier tonight, the doctrine of confirmation it's not what uh, some churches teach. It's the doctrine of going back to revisit people who have named the name of Christ and seeing where they're at spiritually to confirm the souls, as it's called. Confirming, did they really understand? Did they really get the gospel? Did they truly believe? Did the devil steal the seed of the Word of God? Or were they shallow and very uh, selfish people and uh, the, the seed sprung up, they couldn't handle the persecution, they, they were afraid of the world, or did they love the world and the, the thorns choked out the seed of the Word, and you go back and investigate, and you visit, and you ask questions, and then you try to solve the problem to uh, narrow it down this person's having trouble because they're afraid of persecution. This person is having trouble because they're caught up in the cares of this life. They're too worldly. They're too busy. They don't have any time for God. They don't have room for Jesus. And you confirm the souls. Now, once you travail and somebody gets saved, we cannot stop. You have to travail again. You know, what's very sad in our modern-day society, it's more and more prevalent, is that people will have children, and then they don't want to raise children. We see it all the time. They will begat children. They will travail 
in the birth of a child, and then it's almost like they think, well, my job's finished. Uh, what's the reality? It's just beginning. <laughs> it's just beginning to train up a child in the way they should go so that when they're old, they will not depart from it. So this now is the travailing again in birth till what? They become a mature Christian. They grow in grace and they become like Christ. You know, I, I was thinking about, um, you know, what my mom did for me. You ought to think about that every once in a while. How many, how many meals did she prepare for me? How many dishes? You know, this is in the old days. They didn't have dishwashers. Some people still don't have dishwashers. I don't like dishwashers. I'm the dishwasher. I wash dishes. Uh, uh, how, how many, back, they, they, there weren't disposable diapers. It was disgusting. This was cloth diapers back then. And I can remember somebody getting stuck by the diaper pin. <laughs> They're sitting there talking there in a big old safety pin. And uh, some of you might have got stuck by a safety pin. I probably did. I deserved it. Um, but, you know, think about all the clothes that your mother washed for you. And, and, and I hate, I, I help my wife if I have to. But, you know, uh, I, I know how to wash clothes. I know how to uh, put the clothes in the dryer. I hate folding them. I just, I, I'm not very, you know how men are, we use that excuse. I'm not any good at that. <laughs> no, you just don't want to help. But, you know, folding sheets correctly, it's, it's hard to fold sheets correctly. And to, to do, and then what if you have to iron? Uh, it, it's a lot of work. Uh, just think about dusting the house and vacuuming and just, upkeep and just going to to buy the groceries and all the things that uh, our mothers did for us and our, and our dad going to work every day when we didn't even know what work was and uh, earning a paycheck to, to pay the bills and they travailed again again now what's the goal so that one day when they function in society and you wave goodbye it's the greatest day of your life <laughs> you know what I mean uh, uh, like Miss Armstrong said she may be watching she always jokes and says the greatest day of the holidays she lives on a ranch is when she sees the taillights turn onto the highway uh, but um, no when you when you travailed they were born. You travailed again, and it was hard, and you worked hard, and you sacrificed. You didn't get to do what you would have done. You had to save money that you would have spent on something else. And some of you kids need to realize what your parents are doing for you and thank them for it. But you didn't, have, you didn't get to do what you would have done. Sacrifice, lost sleep, going to the hospital, uh, the fever. You know, I remember... Sometimes my daughter would have 103 fever and we'd just put her in the bathtub, put a bag of ice in there and just tough it out till the fever went down. You know, all the should we go to the emergency room or not? All, all the the uh, moments of urgency 
and uh, travail and thinking about it and then wondering, are they going to get hurt? And when they do get hurt, how bad is it? And just all these different aspects of uh, raising children and, and then their education. And, you know, a good parent, they, they're getting, they get involved with the education. You can't trust just the school. You got to make sure they're doing their homework and you have to make sure they're participating to help the teacher transfer the knowledge. I mean, all sorts of things. Um, their friends. Is it a good friend? Is it a bad influence? Uh, just different things. All the dangers that are out there. It takes travail, travail. You know, this is a strange story, but my daughter would always want me to read her a book. And, you know, and I think they use that as an excuse so I can go to sleep, you know, and we'd, we'd read the Bible and tell her Bible stories. But then she would always want her, this henny penny, and I don't know why. And I just got so sick of Henny Penny. This was every night for a long, and so I would. She'd start to fall asleep, and I would want to. I'd change the story on purpose, and just because I needed to have some fun. You know, I got. The, it was so monotonous and boring, and and then I, her eyes on. She goes, "That's not the story." Uh, over and over and over. And you say, what's the big deal about Henny Penny? Because I was tired. I had worked all day. I didn't want to read Henny Penny. I had to travail in reading Henny Penny. Now, many of us have been soul winning for years. You might feel discouraged. I can relate to you. Uh, we need to keep going. There's somebody out there that you can reach. There's somebody waiting for you to talk to them. There's somebody waiting for you to knock on their door. And they're out there, sometimes far and few in between. But we want an increase. We want the power to travail, number one, that they get born again. Then, number two, have a good friendship relationship discipleship program so that they'll be, uh, Christ will be formed in them. Travail again. You know, the people that worked with us right after we got saved, we, we should not take that lightly. Uh, just the church, the, the opportunity of the facility, the, uh, the edifice where you can come and get away from the world and learn the Word of God and grow in grace and Realize that God would not lead you into temptation. Um, just tell you a couple stories. I, I knew a guy. Uh, I grew up with him. His father owned the the I guess the uh, most powerful construction company in Nueces County at Corpus Christi. He builds. Um, the uh, movie theaters, school, he builds hospitals. Very, very successful man. And he, his son was one of my best friends. And through time, we kept working with this guy, and he got saved. And he was addicted to some things, 
And we, God moved on him to go to Bible college with us. And you had to sign an affidavit that you had not done any illegal substances within a certain amount of time or you would not be accepted in the college. And I, I'm not sure if he told the truth or not, but uh, he was on that stuff up till two, two weeks till we left. But before that, uh, we, we had a nickname for him that was the fastest backslider in the West. You know, and we took that, I think there was a, a show, The Gunfighter or something, the fastest gunfighter in the West or something. But he had a good heart. And if he was at church, he was really right with God. But as soon as he'd go out there and get with the wrong crowd, he'd just fall and he'd have to get back up. And he'd come back and he'd say, this is it. I believe at this time I'm committed. I'm resolved. And he'd grow in grace. And, uh, and then he'd go out there, and he ended up going to college at Seguin. I think it was uh, Luther, Trinity Lutheran or something. But uh, he got in the, uh, the wrong crowd there with the fraternity uh, and did some things. Um, but make a long story short, he ended up becoming one of the greatest Christians I've ever known. He, he was a bus captain at, at Hiles Anderson College, and he ended up marrying a very godly woman, and he's an associate pastor of a church in Alabama right now. And I'm telling you, when you get the late night calls and you're tired and you don't want to deal with it, you've got to travail again. You've got to forgive again. You have to befriend again. You have to lift them up. The, if, if we forsake them, where would they be? You know, I, I can tell you many stories through the years of uh, what God has done. And sometimes we forget, you know, and you go soul winning and nothing happens. You knock three whole streets and nobody answered the door. And you'll say, this is strange. Nobody's really answering the door. Everybody's at Walmart or I don't know where they're at. They're, they're all at Garner State Park. Where's everybody at? You mean you're telling me nobody's at home on this whole street? Um, different things happen. But if we just don't quit, if we just keep going, God wants to do a great work. God wants to use us. And may God instill within us this desire, this awareness, this burden to to live for others to serve Christ to something bigger than me something greater than my little piddly problems there are lost souls out there and they need to be saved and what shall it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul now i can relate to you and and sometimes we feel like a a failure and I do. I'll be honest. I say, I'm just powerless. I feel I just can't, I don't have what it takes. And then every once in a while, I'll relive a lot of testimonies and see what God's done. And I don't know half of what God's done. I, don't, I only know a little of what God's done. This is all I know that what God's done. And it is worth it. And, and it will be worth it. And if we don't quit... God has something great. God has something big, but we, we have to band together 
encourage one another, and let's remind each other we need to preach the gospel. Uh, don't lose the joy of spiritual parenthood. Don't lose it. There, there's just something great about it. And Corinthians says, what keeps the strong strong is by helping the weak. And when you quit helping the weak, you will become just as weak as they are. And, you know, I, I say it all the time, I'm glad I went. You know why? I needed that. I, I needed that. And we all do. So, you know, think about the travail. Once again, I remember when my, little, my mother went into labor with my little brother. We had a friend, the family called the Pizers. My dad says, okay, son, we're taking you to the Pizers. I said, why? He said, it's time. You know, I was young. I was 11. Uh, your mom's going to have a baby. And I, it seemed like a long time we were over there. I, I don't know how, how many days. I don't remember what happened. But um, I didn't know what was happening. Travail, travail, anguish of soul, suffering. Spiritual birth is the same. Travail, anguish. So I want you to think about this, and I'm through. Maybe you're really suffering right now. I've suffered quite a bit lately. Maybe you're suffering, and you're really hurting, you're discouraged. Maybe at the point, losing hope. Maybe just seem like you're drained and, uh, spiritually, and you're going through some things, and it doesn't seem fair, and you really don't know why. Could it be? This is a part of the travailing, the travailing, that if we don't quit, God's going to use that travail as we press forward and keep praying and keep going. God's going to use that, and we're going to see miracles. And if you're sitting here tonight, you're a miracle. Don't forget that. If you're in God's house on a Sunday night, when the time change, and you believe the Word of God in a Bible-preaching church, you are an absolute miracle. Now, God wants to do the same through you for somebody else. And He can do it by the grace of God and His will. We are going to watch and wait for it to happen. Amen. Paul said, you Galatians, I didn't even have time to get into it. They were starting to go back to Judaism and want to be circumcised to be saved. And he's saying, I have to travail again to teach you that circumcision avails nothing. It's faith in Christ. So, you know, we're all going to deal with this. And, and I relate to you, and uh, I hope you can be uh, encouraged and uh, strengthened. And just think about this. It's not personal. You could be suffering for somebody else. All right, let's bow our heads.